0: Welcome to the Stripped Money Podcast with Lungyele. Thank you for giving us your ears as we break down money to its bare bones, letting you know how your money can work for you.
1: Hello, and thank you for listening. Imagine being newly divorced after splitting up with your partner who you shared financial obligations with. Or you could have even deferred all financial obligations to them. What now? I mean, sometimes in movies, we see that people get rich from divorce, but that's often not the case, especially in South Africa, where we see that up to 44% of marriages end up in divorce before they even reach their ten-year anniversary. How do you prepare for this possible eventuality? How do you prepare to go from we to me? Welcome to Stripped Money Conversations. I am Lungi Lemasekho, your host. And today I've got with me Nguligwala who is a young professional in the financial services game who's actually gone through a divorce. And she's going to be sharing with us her journey in this process and some of the financial um, obstacles that she learned while going through this journey. And hopefully we can learn from her and understand what it's like to be on the other side. <laughs> Welcome, Guli.
0: Hi, Lingi. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, and I hope um, I can I can obviously educate um,
1: a lot of the young married people out there today. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Do you would you like to tell our listeners about yourself?
0: Um, I, I mean, you've already done the intro, but yeah, I am a young professional in the financial markets industry, and over and above that, I, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a side entrepreneur, I, I do a bit of forex trading as well, and I'm a mother of five, Whoa. <laughs> I'm a mother of five, yeah, it's a lot, so I've got a <laughs> lot of children, but yeah, that that's just me in a nutshell, yeah.
1: Awesome. So um, you've obviously gone through a divorce um, about four years ago, right? Yes, that's correct. So maybe let's just go back to the beginning. Um, contextualize for us: How did you handle finances in your marriage before, when everything was hunky dory?
0: Um, well, ideally, um, ideally we needed to split finances by having one joint account for household expenses, separate accounts for personal spending, or obviously, we either had to keep um, finances um, completely split, like we had to divide our bills and split our expenses amongst each other. But however, (laughs) that is not what happened. Um, That is not what happened. Um, We both believed at the time that I was better and handling our finances so my spouse would actually put a large portion of his salary or his income in my account and I had to handle all the expenses so I had to make sure all the bills are paid and everything in the home was actually taken care of and Whew, the the amount of pressure that actually comes It's a big um, responsibility. that type of shock yes it's a huge responsibility because the reality is that we would go through months where we would run out of funds right mm. and we were just not a a couple at the time that actually saved and and honestly um, we. We perceived ourselves. I mean, we, we were never really um, a saving couple. We only relied on our provident funds because we thought at that time, that is all we need. I mean, we work for companies that mm. are doing it for us. So we never really were in the habit of actually saving. But over and above the fact that we were not in the habit, we just could not afford to save. So when funds were depleted, we had to look forward to the next payday. So we were literally living from paycheck to paycheck. So that's ideally how we handled the finances. We spent it as it came, we paid for stuff as it came, and never had a buffer or never had any hedge
1: for months where we needed
0: extra income or extra money, yeah.
1: Okay, so I understand that you guys didn't save, but how did you structure your debt then as a couple?
0: Okay, so in, in, in this particular marriage, right, my spouse at the time was actually had a judgment in his name, right? Mm-hmm. So, him having a judgment, so already I'm marrying somebody that I'm well aware that he's got a judgment in his name. So, getting credit or getting any dates um, approved in his name, it was not going to happen. Right. So um, and when you get married, I mean, we get into it with the whole for better or worse um, mm-hmm. and for richer or poorer. Right. Mm-hmm. And we utter those words on the big day, thinking about the beautiful life that we are actually going to build with somebody else. But however, we, we I never realized the commitment um, one makes when marrying someone who has a great deal of debt. And in my case, it is somebody who had bad credit and had a judgment in, in his name. So um, as a couple, we could not qualify for any financing. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but we couldn't qualify for any financing, but alone I could. right? So alone I could. So um, luckily, because I already knew he had a judgment in his name, Um, when we got married, we got married in community property with an accrual. Okay. And in that way, it means that I do not inherit his, his bad credit or his judgment. Mm. And in, in our case, it meant that whatever debts we had to take, they all had to be in my name. Yes. So to, to talk about structure, I don't even think at the time we, we had the structure. We just didn't have it. it. It was a matter of the debt is there. We have to pay it. Yeah. you know and and it, there was just no plan and we were young i was still in my early 20s so i really we, we both didn't know much about what debt means to you as a couple financially and how it's going to affect the home in the long run so we were just not thinking about those things jeez okay it is yeah
1: <laughs> it is quite hectic, hectic. especially yeah. when you're young and you don't understand what those marriage the, the different types of marriages are and how yeah. that actually translates into your financial life. I know nobody gets married thinking about divorce, but it's yeah. it's it's a consideration.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think for me it I think at some point in your life as as a married, especially with me, because I was, I was very young. And I think I, I got into marriage at the time for all the wrong reasons. I think I got married during the time where all my friends were getting married. Everybody was having a baby, you know? <laughs> so everybody was doing it. And I, I did it um, for the sole purpose that, oh, here's a guy who says he wants to marry me. What if, and it was, it was the pressure of, what if it never comes again? What if I never get yeah. married again? What if I, I say no to this guy to to never get married again? So yeah, it was it was it was a lot of pressure. There was no structure, there was no advice even from elders on how to handle debt. And at the time I wasn't even working with investments and finance, I was in short term insurance. So trust me, I knew nothing about, you know, making better financial decisions. decisions.
1: Okay, so apparently divorce takes two to three years in South Africa to happen. How long did yours take and how (laughs) did that impact you financially?
0: Um, I was lucky because my divorce was actually uncontested. Um, The only time it actually takes long it it could even drag for 10 years Mm. is if the other spouse or if um, The other person feels that you know They don't want to divorce or they don't want to part with with certain assets, but in my case it literally took six months and 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 I mean it it was it was him he knew you know He knew at that time that you know He was the reason for for the the marriage dissolving so he, he didn't fight it at all And so how it it impacted me, it was a matter of now, after divorcing, I realized that I've got all this debt in my name. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, I realized that I was in so much debt. And let me tell you, if you were to look at my profile with um, ITCO, there was no debt I did not have in my name. A credit card. I had an overdraft. I had personal loans. I had cell phone contracts. I had clothing accounts. There was no name, no debt that didn't have Kwala <laughs> on it, like on the ITC. And it, it hit me then that actually I'm, I'm over-indebted. And at this point, understand that I'm no longer getting that extra share for myself. Because yes. remember, he used to put... A certain portion of his income in in my account and at this point he decided that he won't even honor the debts that he had taken the days that he came and say you know I babe i want to take out this certain date for a b and c i'm gonna pay it and those were his dates and he was responsible for them even though they were
1: in my in name your name sheesh and yeah. then how did you how did you deal with that yeah. i mean emotionally first of all like how do you sit back and think, yeah, I have to tackle this?
0: Um, I think I went through the different stages of grief, like literally. Um, I I had to, like I was in denial for the long, longest time purely because I thought I knew this person and I was like, no, but this guy will never do this to me, you know. He's not just going to leave me with so much, so much date. First month went by, he didn't send the money to say, oh, by the way, here's the money for that net bank loan I need to take out. Mm. Month two, it didn't happen. So I literally went from denial, anger. I bargained with myself. I was trying to actually negotiate with all my debtors. And at that time, they're like, we don't care if you divorce this person. You took this date. It's mm. in your name. You need to pay it and you need to honor it. So when I finally... Accepted where I was. That is when I obviously started putting into measures into place to get myself out of being over indebted. Is that do you want to know more about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what were the steps that you took? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, what I did is first and foremost, I I wanted to protect my assets. Okay, so in order for me to. Take my assets. I actually took a decision at the time to go under debt review. Debt review it wasn't debt review, okay. So I decided because at that point, um, I was already getting letters from creditors that we're gonna repossess your home, we're gonna take your car. And I was like, um, okay, can't I just return everything? <laughs> I was like, can't I just bring the car? Can't I just, you know, tell you guys to take the, the home, to like take mm. the house? But um, obviously, I, I learned that even if you return your car back to the bank, when it actually records on um, credit bureaus, it, it records as a repossession.
1: Really? So I didn't again, know that. Yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so they recorded as it was repossessed even though you physically gave them their car back and you gave them their house back so i i had to think long and hard how am i gonna how am i going to protect myself you know my name my credit and my score so I took the decision and i went under debt review and that saved me right now I, I when i think about it i wouldn't advise anybody to to go through debt review but for me at that time, it was the best decision. Okay. Because I got to keep my car, I got to keep my house, and I got to renegotiate my monthly installments with, mm. with all my creditors. Right? And I, I decided to move back home. I decided to stay at home and I rented my home out. So my house was now no longer an expense I had to worry about. So it was somebody else's problem to pay the rental and, um, I would pay the bank obviously. Um, a few months later, I took a decision that, you know what? I I don't need this car. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't need this car. So I actually sold my car and I paid it off. So they removed the car from the, the debt review structure. So that was settled. And while under debt review, I was paying, all the other debts as negotiated, but I would choose a date every month where I'm taking out a lump sum because mm. now I'm renting out my house. Um, My, my debt is now less. Okay. So I've got a bit of extra money. You mm. know, I've got a bit of extra money to speed up the process because the debt review is supposed to be like for 72 months. Right. But I wanted to do it in a space of like two years. I was like, no, I can't, you know, be this, over indebted i need to get rid of it asap so i was paying off Lansans and i started a side hustle at the time where i was selling stuff from the boot of my car because i bought a smaller car mm-hmm. with the extra money that i had so i bought a smaller car so that i can get around so that i can be able to go to business parks and open up my boots and people can see the hair the sunglasses the shoes that i was selling from my
1: a girl's so that, gotta do what a girl's gotta do
0: a girl's gotta do what, what she's gotta do and at the time, you know, I'm like, you know what I'm not gonna bother my spouse and I'm not gonna let him see me down, you know mm. I'm, I'm I'm gonna soldier on and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and within a year, actually within a year I had paid off every single date
1: wow that's a lot of yeah. self-discipline I mean, it's not easy, it sounds like it was a a big amount but yeah, kudos to you.
0: Yeah, and I and the the I started saving, but now because I knew that I didn't have the discipline because I've never saved before. Mm. So I arranged with HR at work to do a savings plan for all employees. Yeah. Okay, so for all employees, people that want to volunteer a certain amount to be debited from their uh, car, I mean their salary. Um, after tax the company can save it for you and then at the end of the year um, you get it so that also helped me a lot in mm. closing some of these dates
1: okay so, yeah. that's so interesting so now how <laughs> is life after divorce what are some of the learnings that you'll take into your next relationship
0: uh, okay, so now what I do is I'm, I'm very organized financially. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is that I pay much closer attention to my money. Like I familiarize myself with all my financial assets, with every account that I have. I make sure that I go through it every single month. right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I no longer want to be in a position whereby I'm financially in the dark. I need to know and I need to account for each and every cent, you know, every cent that goes in and out of my accounts, I, I I, I take account for that. And I give a documentation and I, what's this, what's the word I'm looking for? And like, I just don't take any debt anymore. Like the only debt I have right now, is my house and it's my car and that's mm-hmm. it. I don't have any clothing accounts. So I've become so anti-debt that if, if anybody wants to offer me a credit card, like, it's a trigger. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trigger because I genuinely don't want to be in, in debt in in any sort of debt anymore. And luckily I've got a spouse who he's very open. Um, He's very open about his finances. Um, We talk about it. We draft budgets and we, we we are in the habit of saving before we actually spend money. Mm. And that for me, yeah, sorry. Go, go for it. No, that for us actually works.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important to have a partner where you can have an open money conversation with. I mean, it's easy mm-hmm. to just buy, 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 but like having that hard conversation actually sets the groundwork for such a a, a great open relationship, especially when it comes to finances, because you don't know what's going to happen in five years. It might not be divorce, but you might go through a financial difficulty that needs you guys to have that open and honest conversation. So I'm glad that your current partner is open in that way, because I think it it also helps you feel very confident in the steps that you've taken to get yourself to where you are now financially.
0: Exactly. And I mean, he doesn't even question it. He, he doesn't I, I think Based on my experience, he also believes that each and every strategy that we come up with when it comes to our finances, he knows because he gets to see it at the end of the day that it's to better our home, is for us to be more financially secure. And Mm -hmm. there is no better time to be financially secure than right now with everything that is happening with COVID-19. I mean, anything could have happened. He could have lost his job. I could have lost my job. Mm -hmm you know, and had we not, I mean, I mean, him and I have been together for like four years now and he found me in this habit of saving. Yeah. You know, so when he jumped in, (laughs) he jumped in already, this girl, you know, had, had savings in place and now he's also in the habit of actually adding some of his income or some of his extra cash towards these savings and we are watching our own money grow we've got different accounts like literally in my house we've got four different bank accounts
1: for each and for each of your needs
0: For each exactly and what what i have done i have three alone I have Mm. 3 alone. where my salary goes in, I've got one for expenses. So when my money comes in, I take out a certain amount and I put it in the expense account. Mm. And then there's a certain amount I put in the savings because I I don't want all, like I don't want debit orders and expenses coming out of one account because I lose track Mm. of my savings. So if I've got one that is specific for savings, then I, I get to see it grow. And I don't know if it's good advice, but for me, like, I love watching my money grow. So when I log in, I want to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's cool. You know, it's there. So, yeah.
1: Cool. I think it's important to see your money grow. I think it's also a, a psychological thing to say, if it's you're you're just sending your money like most people with their retirement annuities because you don't see yeah. it you just see your company pull whatever ten percent of your salary into that account you actually don't feel motivated to even add more when you've got the opportunity because actually you not you not you don't have a relationship with your money it's just a percentage that goes somewhere that you never really see so I'm with you I also like seeing my money grow whether it's in my investment account or my bank account but I just want to be able to go to it and see, okay, cool, this is what, this is a progress that I'm making. And it makes a big difference psychologically, I think.
0: It does. It does. And uh, like talking about psychology is the more you see it grow, the more you want it to grow. Absolutely. Like I, I found myself where I've, I've had instances where I started with, with, with like, of my salary that I put towards my savings. And now there are months where I can afford to actually part with at least 30%. That's good. I just enjoy seeing it grow and Mm. the more it grows, the more it motivates me.
1: Absolutely. Nguli, nobody gets married thinking about divorce like I've said previously. What would your advice be to someone who's getting married, well, post COVID-19? What would you say to them in what are some of the considerations that they should make, especially when it comes to their finances?
0: Um, Lungi, I'm not an advocate for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I just want yes. to put it out there. Yeah. Like, guys, happily ever after is beautiful. Marriage is beautiful. Um, it, it just happens that some of us, you know, we got married at the wrong time or we married the wrong spouses. But if I was to advise people, it goes back to one point that I made that get organized financially. And by this, like, I mean, you need to know what is happening with your finances and those of your spouses. You need to track your expenses and actually anticipate future ones, especially when you've now decided that, you know what, right now, there's a possibility of a divorce. You need to start planning, whether or not you go to counseling and you work it out. But, Track your expenses and anticipate your future ones and when I talk about future expenses i 'm talking about the ones post divorce so mm. as soon as you, know, you, you you know like divorce is inevitable. Begin tracking your household income and expenses, and this will help you build a budget um, for when you are now single and you're no longer having or getting somebody else's um, portion of 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 the household expo- expenses mm. and avoid making major decisions um during divorce um because it does and it can hurt your case i've seen a lot of people where when they are talking about or when they're thinking about divorce they start emptying up their pots so they start emptying out their, their, their savings they start um you know spending whatever money they start you know they getting rid of so
1: they all the it.
0: yeah exactly and they start they change jobs so that they can get the provident fund from the existing company so that they can spend it that is a bad decision and it can actually hurt your case when you actually go go to court and it can actually be seen as fraud <laughs> so yeah, avoid making those those type of those type of decisions and that would be my advice and always have backup most importantly as much as we we are married and we've got partners and we share everything, but it's always good to have an extra account where you are just saving for a rainy day. And maybe this is me saying, Now hide money from your spouse. <laughs> but I, I think in the long run it it will it will help to just have a, a bit of a a buffer, if mm-hmm. I can put it that way. Yeah.
1: Okay and I think adding to what you said earlier I mean it's it's good to go into a marriage especially having that financial conversation it's not an easy one I mean it's like ripping your pay showing somebody your payslip first of all and them understanding how much it is that you take home is a very I think it makes you feel naked And I suppose if you're willing to go naked with that person in other ways, you can do it financially too. (laughs) But (laughs) but I think it's very important to have that financial conversation before you get married. Understand what you're going into. I mean, your example, you knew that this person had, um, what, judgments against them. So at least go in there with your eyes wide open because nothing is worse than finding out all of these things in your marriage, because not only will that That's bring that. stress into your marriage, I mean, uh, uh, yeah.
0: No. And worst case scenario, Lungi, um, other people have actually been, um, went into a marriage, not knowing these spouses or potential spouses created hell. Mm. And one thing that people don't know is that getting married in community of property is dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous, but in a sense that, when you marry somebody that already has defaults and has already has judgments, as soon as you marry that person in community of property, automatically you become blacklisted yourself. Yeah. So that's something that a lot of people actually don't realize. I mean, especially when you go to home affairs, home affairs, all all the marriages in home affairs are automatically under, um, what's this community of property. Mm. So it is important to make sure that you understand your spouse's um, credit. You know where they're sitting because you, you genuinely don't want to be in a position whereby none of us can help the other. Mm. Because Absolutely. if we are both blacklisted, I mean, if one has a business and a business goal, goes under the one partner needs to be in a position where they can help the other one financially. And that is why I'm saying, I'm not saying you get married out of community or property because you're planning divorce, but it will actually help your marriage in the event that you guys go through serious financial issues or problems. Yeah. Or the one, or the one partner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, what are some of the things that you need to relook after you're divorced? Um, I'm thinking, you have to update to Will, like some other things RBSA. that you have to do. Change. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Will.
0: Will is <laughs> very important. Um, will is very important. And another one is your life insurance um, beneficiaries. Very, very important. Yes. I like, wouldn't want, like, I don't know what, what, what type of angel I would be if I die and all of a sudden <laughs> my ex gets all my money. <laughs> So, yeah, like, um, just make sure that you update that. And another thing that people don't understand is that after a divorce, it doesn't just end at court, okay? You need to go back to home affairs, okay, and Mm -hmm. actually confirm the divorce decree because I found myself in a position, actually, when I gave birth to my son, I couldn't get my son's birth certificate because on the central database, home affairs or wherever, it still said I was married, and they couldn't register my son in my spouse's name. So, it was like I'm cheating on my, I am cheated on my husband.
1: Oh my, oh my gosh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't know that.
0: Oh yes, you, you actually, like it just doesn't end at court. You still have to go back and take the decree to um, Home Affairs so that they can actually um, update it on the system. So for the longest time I didn't know, but technically I was still married.
1: Yeah, okay. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we learn something new every day.
1: Absolutely. So, okay. Fast forward to now, right? You're a mom. You are You have a full-time job. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur. And you're wearing all these hats. What's your financial philosophy? Um, how do you balance? I think you've touched on it a bit. How do you balance yeah. your money in everything else that you, with everything else that you're doing?
0: it's it, it, it's it's hard um it is hard sometimes because obviously there's, there's there's other expenses that come up but I've been very strict that we don't we don't do anything unless we save like for me I I think I've been dented so much by not having savings that it it, it is over and above everything else for me financially mm. we do that first before we do anything else like literally I would rather work with what I'm left with than not saving
1: after saving saving yeah. is like should be the first debit order that comes out of your
0: exactly salary. so for me that has been and it's something that i also teach my children mm. i mean my, my kids have become very financially savvy they've got their own um what's the stock accounts um through easy equities (laughs) so they've got like their own stock accounts so my kids are very active um they're very active in actually saving if i give them money they return the money back and they will tell me no mommy um please put it in my in my bank account so i've got very smart kids and I've, i've i've taught them very well so savings for me in my house that's that's the the major
1: thing that's the most important yeah that's good. I think, I suppose that's, the, that's the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you've taken those learnings and you're teaching your children.
0: Yeah. And they love money, those kids. <laughs> Who doesn't? They love, money just like me. <laughs> they love it just like me because they get to do whatever they want. and And the freedom that you get when you are financially secure, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I'm not saying money is everything, but being able to, like, if your Giza bursts today, you need to be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going with it. I'm like, the freedom of a burst tire. Like, having a burst tire is a nightmare. Like, these tires nowadays, they cost like, Yeah, They're expensive. You know? So, right now, I know that if my car had to, or, or if anything, or if my kids had to get sick, Financially, taking them to the hospital or getting medication is the least of my worries. Mm. And I'm, 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 I'm happy, and we, we are all happy, <laughs> the fact that it's one thing. I mean, we, we could have more. Trust me, we want more. We wish we had more. But the little that we have, it goes a long way because we are monitoring it. We are planning it. like We are planning our finances every single day, every single month.
1: Awesome. Okay, now we're done with the hard stuff. Let's do some fun stuff. Let's do financial quickies. Okay. (laughs) Cool. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and you just respond with the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. What's your number one worst or best financial habit?
0: I panic buy. Do you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm a panic buyer and I don't know. I I justify it. And somehow I've gotten to a point where my spouse, I don't know if he's pretending to understand it or if he really understands it, (laughs) but I have like, I'm, I'm, I love sales and I don't buy anything full price. I'm, I'm that stingy. So if I see a good deal, I will buy it because I'm like, what if it never comes back? (laughs) What if this 40% off fever comes back? So that is my biggest thing because sometimes I actually spend money I didn't um, plan, on plan to spend for that specific time. So that is something that I'm trying to unlearn
1: and it's, it, it has been difficult, but
0: we're getting there.
1: Cool. Um, when you were growing up, what's the one thing that you wish you learned about money?
0: Respect your money and treat it with dignity. I wish I was told that. And the reason why is that I've seen that so many of us, we actually don't expect money. Um, I mean, you see it on social media. You see it like people just spend money on things they don't need. Money, people think it's actually an asset. But we don't treat it that way. Mm-hmm. And I wish when I was younger, I had learned that great Because when I was young, I always thought, I can't wait to have my own money so that I can move out. I can't wait to have my own money so that my mom can no longer tell me what to do. Now mm-hmm. that I'm older, I realize that it's you just need to respect money and every lesson that your mother was actually trying to show you or teach you about money. It was so that when you're older, you have respect towards your money and how you spend it and who you spend it on. Cool. Oh, that's,
1: yeah, that's what do you spend your money on that makes your life simpler or better?
0: Uh, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everybody internet give me this answer? Oh, no. <laughs> like without internet, like my house runs on internet. Everything, everything in my, in like my TV, my children, um, work. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it, it's money well, well spent, like fiber, For me, I wouldn't change. Best decision ever. Exactly.
1: Okay, cool. If you could strip one money term down to its simplest form, which one would it be?
0: Savings. Explain. Savings. And the reason why I talk about savings is that, and the reason why I'm saying savings is you don't have to be rich. You don't have to earn a lot of money in order to be able to save savings starts small and over time you you will notice the the return on the savings that you put in even if you start with 200 Rands. because I have these conversations a lot with my 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 peers about savings and they're like we don't get paid I'm like but if you don't start now when do you when do you want to start saving when you no longer have money to save
1: yeah, because if you don't start with what you've got, Sometimes, even when you yep. hold a hundred thousand, you're going to find it difficult to do it because you haven't instilled that habit.
0: Exactly. So for me, saving, even if it's, it's two rands a day, if it's two rands a day, by the time, but in five years, it will be a lot of money. I just don't ever calculate calculator now. But if you were to save every single day or you save 200 rands every single month without fail, Five years later, you would have a, actually a lot of money, and that's mm. what people don't realize. And and I know, Horrid, there's a lot of you know savings. Um, what's this? Savings instruments out there. I mean, you could literally go into a TFSA account and actually put your money there. You could go into a bank account like Kepitake. Uh, they they offer in about seven percent. Mm-hmm. um on on, on your, your, your savings like but people need to get into the habit of savings and it's not as hard as they think it's easy.
1: Cool. We've also touched on the fact that you are an entrepreneur. Do you mind sharing with us what you do and just plug your projects?
0: Okay so
1: Yo you sound I'm very excited about this part.
0: Exactly <laughs> <laughs> Besides, besides trading and in, <clears throat> an investment, um, what I also do, I run a Hubby Bubby mobile bar. Obviously, now with the whole um, COVID-19, a lot of business has been halted, so we haven't been doing much, but what we do is we, we go to events and we hire out hubbies because it came from the fact that if I would go, I love Hubby myself. So I invest in products that I love. So I'll put my money where I know that's the product that I like to consume. So for me, for us, when we decided to start this business is because we'd go to restaurants and we ask, but no happy. And literally, I would leave a restaurant. Like I wouldn't dine there if there's no happy. Unless it's a, it's a posh restaurant. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to Mabonen and you don't have habby. No, let's go to the next bar. So that's when we decided that you know what, actually, this thing is a demand. Mm, a lot of people, other, some people don't don't drink, but they smoke habby. Mm. So that is where we saw this opportunity, and it, it it is it is it was doing well well before the whole COVID nineteen. But it, it's a business that we are consistently going to push even post COVID.
1: Yeah. Okay cool and if somebody wants to hire you a hubly for the what is it a hubly machine flip i don't even know
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a hooker pipe
1: <laughs> if they want to hire that um yeah. where do they reach you
0: um well we've got we've got a facebook page called um up and smoke like jay-z's album up in smoke yeah <laughs> so we've got a facebook page we've got an instagram page also up in smoke and um people can also find me on my personal pages um facebook kuala, um, instagram nongkululego underscore kakwala underscore something yeah but it's nongkululego and on instagram it's nongkululego kakwala and yeah our pages for the business is up in smoke
1: Cool. Nguli, it's been really amazing having you today. Thank you. I learned so quite a lot of things that I didn't know about the divorce process and the things that people need to think about. And I found this session very, very insightful. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sharing your experience with us.
0: Thank you so much for having me, guys. And again, I'm not an advocate for divorce. Guys, don't divorce. <laughs> stay married, <laughs> stay happy. But um, like I said, um, if, if it ever gets there, just, you know, t- take some of these points um, if it ever gets there. But I'm not advocating for the divorce at all. Like, I just have to, it's a disclaimer. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your ears. Catch us on the social media streets. On Facebook, it's Stripped, the podcast on Instagram at Stripped underscore the podcast and on the Twitter streets, Stripped underscore podcast.